0: Ladies and gentlemen, if you do not know this woman, you must be hiding in some tiny cave on an island that no one's ever heard of because she has been in over 250 movies. You had to have seen at least one of them at some point. She's a multi book author, she has done all kinds of things. And to top it all off, she has her own show on Sundays called Conscious Creation. Let's welcome her to the show. Dee Wallace, Dee, how are you?
1: I'm fabulous. How are you? I
0: am too. Thank you. I'm always so happy. When I get to listen to you on Sundays, or when we exchange an email, or even just your daily email pops up, I always smile. You bring so much joy to this world.
1: Oh, oh, thank you. Because I get up every day and say my intention is to be love and send a lot of love and joy out into the world. So and here I am hearing that I'm doing it. So thanks. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) And there is no doubt that you do and through so many different outlets. But what really gets me is, you know, I've gotten to know you over the last few years up to the point where I can see you play, say, an evil character. And part of me appreciates your acting and how good you are at it. But there's another part of me that knows what's under that candy shell. And I'm like, but you're such a good person (laughs) behind all that.
1: Well, yeah, but I love to act. Exactly. You know, so uh, those few evil characters that, that I've played... I really relish in it because I get to explore a part of me, which we all have, mm-hmm. that, of course, I don't exercise in life. But um, but it's fun to find those places in you when you're playing pretend. Sure. It's like being Captain Hook mm-hmm. when you're little, you know?
0: I did oh. a lot of Han Solo. That was a that yeah, was a big go to for me.
1: <laughs> my brother <laughs> and I go. used to
0: uh, just set up little stages in our bedrooms, and we would put on these plays, and we would tape record yep. them. And oh, those were good times. Uh, closest I ever got to what you do, <laughs> but uh,
1: well, every night of my life, my daughter would do a dance, do a play, mm-hmm. uh, sing a song. So we had a show. Every
0: night. I don't doubt oh. that one bit. And of course, you're talking about the lovely Gabrielle Stone, who's been on the show a couple of times as well. Yeah, uh, Just both. You guys are just such wonderful people. I'm so proud to be someone who you call a friend. You know, that really means a lot. And to And you are,
1: Scott. Thank and you. Same.
0: You I am so excited because today is a dual release day for you. You have two books coming out because you're not busy enough. <laughs> Uh, but, but first, I have to say when your your team sent me over the press kit for this interview, and I saw one word that just it just elated <laughs> me so much. Buffaapaaloo. Buffaapaloo was a bear that you had that was a very wonderful toy for children that taught them, that made them feel love. And now you've created a book. Can you tell us a little about that?
1: Yes, it's a book that Buffapaloo, the bear teaches a little boy who says, you know, I don't know who I am. Grandma says, I'm not old enough. And daddy says, I'm not strong enough. And mommy says, I'm too shy. And Papa and says, well, you haven't asked the most important person, you. You get to choose who you are. Who do you want to be? And it's really the first lesson in the creation process. We have to choose how we want to define ourselves, and then we become that. Mm -hmm. So I wrote the children's book to accompany the adult book that's coming out, which is entitled Born, Mm -hmm. Giving Birth to a New You.
0: Sounds like a wonderful companion, too. Uh, why is it that we're in such a hurry to grow up and not? we don't learn to enjoy our childhood the way that we should?
1: Well, I think we're programmed by society to do that. You know, I mean, there are, for heaven's sakes, there are people that have preschoolers in study groups so that they can get in a good kindergarten. Oh I mean... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true, yeah. And and I think a lot of times that comes from the better my kid is, the better I feel about myself. Mm. Um, and better meaning more accomplished or more pushed. Uh, you know, the suicide rate for teens and preteens is up so incredibly high right now. We're pushing our kids too far. I went out of my way because I had done so much research to find a preschool for Gabrielle, who did nothing but work on socialization and play. Wow! And how to get along and artistic um, expressions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I I searched for a couple of months and. Uh, found one called Magic Gears.
0: Well, I you know, based here. on the way that she turned out, I certainly can't say that that was a bad decision because she is just a wonderful, yeah. just full of creative energy and and so much love in her heart. She's just amazing. Thank you. Do you think you. that especially nowadays that a lot of it or at least a part of it is contributed by these highly driven educational programs to get funding for the schools so that you know, they have x number of kids that do this while on a the test, they get more funding. Is, is part of it driven from that direction as well as that parental pressure?
1: I think so. And, you know, bottom line, they have so many, they have so much research that shows, and this goes back as far as when I was teaching. You know, I used to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. I did, yeah. And um, that the kids that got bees we're a lot more successful in life than the kids that were in all the AP classes mm-hmm. because like i i have a friend who has a son who is incredibly intelligent he can't get a job because socially he doesn't know how to interact with people mm-hmm. you know again you have to have that balance yeah that that balance of And like Einstein said, you know, all of his great achievements came from his imagination. Very true. You know, not from his brain. Mm -hmm. I don't
0: feel that school really prepared me for life after school. I felt that it prepared me for here's the checklist of the stuff that you're supposed to know, but not here's how you survive in the world when you don't spend 40 hours a week in school anymore. Not here's how to balance a checkbook, here's how to do a job interview, here's how to
1: I still can't balance a checkbook. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, I'm smart enough to hire somebody that knows how to take care of my money. But you just don't
0: do that balance adjustment line and go, here's here's my brain,
1: when my brain looks at numbers, it goes, ah, (laughs) you know, I can look into a person's energy and find where their blocks are. I can give them totally astute readings uh, about how to manifest in their life. Um, I can walk into just about any part and bring it alive, Mm. but numbers, not so much. I remember when I was in um, my senior year in high school and I was a cheerleader. No, I was a junior. I was a junior and I was a cheerleader and they had... Uh, a rule that you couldn't have any D's and be a cheerleader. Wow. So we got to almost the end of the school year. I had five A's and one D. Guess what it was in, Scott?
0: i going to say math.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to my counselor and I said, look, and I had the teacher that devised the math four system. So we would come in and all she did was write everything out on a bulletin board on a chalkboard. And we were supposed to be able to learn from that. Not the way I learned. And I went to my counselor and said, I got to drop this class. And she said, I agree Mm -hmm. because you're too valuable everywhere else.
0: Well, at least they recognize that. Yeah. You know, not everybody is going to be strong in every subject and the schools really don't compensate for that.
1: Exactly. And
0: and also they and, and it's in, I mean, being sympathetic to the teachers, it would be impossible. But everybody learns differently. You can't say this is the way I teach. You need to learn that. We need to teach to the way the kids learn. Group kids by their learning skills and yeah. put them in classes together.
1: Look, you know, it's very easy as a teacher to show them. While you're verbally teaching them mm-hmm. at the same time. But the best way to teach them, I found, is to involve them in some kind of creativity.
0: Yeah, well, and that, I, you that, know, that excites them and it makes them want yeah. to do
1: more. Well, and they can relate to it. Mm-hmm. Like I had a, a ba- what they call the basic English class, which means the kids with the worst grades. And my mentor that year said, you know, D, they'll never write a theme. Don't even try. Just if, if you can get them to write a paragraph. And I went, well, no, I'm not going to talk down to them like that. But, you know, I let him them write themes on like how to ride a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. um, How to not get pregnant. What to do if you did get pregnant? I let them write themes about drugs and alcohol. And anything that they could really relate to, they could write a theme on. And they wanted to communicate those things. Sure. And at the end of the year, my mentor... I said, I I don't believe it. Every single one of your kids turned in a theme and they're they're actually pretty good. I said, well, yeah, but you can't ask a basic English class to write a theme on Shakespeare. Right. You know, it's like oil and water. No, it ain't going to work. Exactly.
0: Now, I don't want to give the impression that Bapalapalu is a book for children. It sounds to me like adults should be reading this too. Parents should be <laughs> reading it along with their kids and sharing in the experience.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It it teaches us the first principle of creation, which is we have to choose who we are. We get to choose. It doesn't just happen. You can choose your thoughts. Mm-hmm. You can choose how you define who you are. And um, and of course, I expand out a lot more on how to do that in the adult book, book Born. But don't we all wish that we'd had a book? I mean, I know when Gabby was little, Gabrielle, sorry, she killed <laughs> me. Um, I won't tell her. I would read her uh, The Berenstain Bears all the time because they talked a lot about um how to how to feel good about yourself mm-hmm. and um, how really how powerful you were not in an overt way but bubble blue is is made see it's really important for parents to understand that a child's brain how they see themselves how they see themselves in the world and how they see the world seeing them Locked in by eight years old. Mm -hmm. Eight years old, guys. So whatever they're taught verbally or whatever you model to them, they're going to think that's the way the world works and they're going to start creating their life around that. That's why it's really important for parents right now to be conscious of how they are handling covid mm-hmm. and what they're saying in front of their kids um kids will follow the first gods in their life and that's their parents
0: absolutely or their
1: grandparents if the grandparents take care of them mm-hmm. and it's it's imperative that we teach them the principles of creation at a very young age.
0: Absolutely. Because once you have developed those ideals, it's so hard to change that. Yeah. You know, in an, in an urgency situation, your mind goes back to those original building blocks, not your current thought process, but what that core still is. You know, yeah. it's really amazing. And you, you say eight, but it's a build up to eight. You know, it's not like in eight years it's done. It's like it's a whole buildup and you can change that yeah. any time during that.
1: Well, and I say and I have a TED Talks uh, about this on YouTube, but I say to my clients, if you really want to understand what blocks you're hitting around money or relationships or health or success, go back to your childhood. And write down what you were taught or what you saw your parents do and how they handled things, Mm -hmm. right? For example, uh, my father, for most of my life, was a pretty severe alcoholic. So I witnessed my mother working very hard, taking care of the family, taking care of him. She. She was the leader. She was the the pillar. My grandfather who had been a very uh, dominant and successful businessman had had a stroke by the time I was five or six. So I saw my grandmother taking care of him. So all I saw in my early childhood was, oh, women have to take care of men. That's the mm-hmm. way it works. So I attracted many relationships where I had to take care of them.
0: But you also grew up in a time where that was kind of the theme of the world. You know, you look at the TV shows that that were coming out and and everything in life was the man goes out and earns the money. The woman stays home and raises the children. She takes care of everything because he's tired from working.
1: Yes, but my mom did it both. Yeah. My mom took care of everything. Mm-hmm. You know. So, but mostly it wasn't that she took care of everything. It was she had to take care of him. Right. And and so I that was a belief. Mm-hmm. Oh, women have to take care of men. Right. So I created a lot of relationships where that happened.
0: Isn't it amazing how that just manifested?
1: <laughs> Isn't it though? It is. Well, and I- so what do I play in a lot of my roles like Et and Cujo? I play a mom in some kind of situation alone with her kid that has to save them.
0: Very true.
1: Interesting. <laughs> Very
0: true. Uh, and I do want to talk a little bit about ET. In fact, I had just uh, interviewed recently John Reynolds, who worked in the lighting department on ET. Oh, wow. A really nice guy, a good friend of mine. And uh, but I want to talk about Born because, well, first, I love that you're putting out both of these books because I think it's so important that there are not enough books, I think, for children that really help them develop. It's like, well, once you're an adult or once you're a teenager and you go through those years, but nothing about how you get to that point or very little. So I'm really glad that you're putting this out and giving them an opportunity. Thank I think you. it's amazing. Let's talk about Born. Now, this is more the adult version of Born. How do you view this one?
1: Well, I've wanted to write this book for a long time. It's, it's literally a primer uh, on how to create. And um, it's simple. It's understandable for anybody who reads it. And if you apply what I give you in this book, your life will change.
0: That I is guarantee fantastic. you.
1: I, I live it. My assistant just said to me, Dee, you know, the only reason people need to buy Born is to look at your life and how much you're creating. Cause I've got what, three films in the can, Three films that just came out. I have five films already negotiated for next year. Uh, my lovely little Every Time a Bell Rings is on Hallmark in uh, December. My two books just came out. You know, I'm doing conventions quite a bit. Right? Yeah. And, and I, it's I'm very busy <laughs> and I love everything I do.
0: And, and if there's anyone who's written a book that is a shining example of what they're writing about, it would have to be you because you're, you're living to the fullest that very life that you tell everybody that they can. A lot I, of times I feel that people that do that, I don't necessarily believe that they're doing what they say they're doing. You know, it feels very much like a, a showcase. I remember seeing a a James Ray event a couple years after The Secret came out. And this is when I was living in Arizona. My brother and I went up to here to Nevada to do one of his weekend seminars. And the whole time I kind of felt like everything is in five minutes. I'm going to tell you the most important thing you'll ever hear. (laughs) <laughs> but first, you know I, and I felt like everything was like dragging me on trying to do something to get a little bit more out of me, a little bit more money, a little bit of a commitment to the next thing i yeah. I didn't often Upsell. feel it was yeah, I didn't feel it was genuine, but with you, I've never once felt like, oh look, she's got another seminar coming out, she must need some money it never no, I, I don't way. do
1: that, my integrity wouldn't wouldn't allow me to do that, yeah, um. I, one of the big problems I have with so many of the spiritual writings is you just can't flip and understand them. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have great respect for some of the people that are writing books, but I get a chapter in and I go, I really don't know what I've read. I don't know how to apply it. Mm -hmm. It's, It's too... What I've done in Born is I've taken religion and spirituality and brain science and shown everybody how they're all saying the same thing. And there is a formula. There is a formula for creating what you want in any subject that you want to create it in. And you just apply the formula to it and your manifestation becomes a lot simpler.
0: Is it our, our own brain that gets in the way of, of manifesting? We we go through the process, we think, okay, this is going to work, I can't wait. And then it doesn't happen. And tomorrow, you're like, ah, probably didn't do something right And our brain kind of gets in the way of letting it
1: happen. I think your mind gets in the way. Mm. Yeah, it's your monkey mind. And our mind is created to doubt and question. Right? So I talk a lot about our core beliefs. And what most of us are doing, we're holding two different opposite core beliefs at the same time. So let's say I want to create more money. I want more money. Mm -hmm. And then we also have the belief I don't deserve so much money. Mm -hmm. So we're electrical beings, right? Our heart is measured through electrocardiograms. Our brain is measured through electroencephalograms. Whenever we have a thought or a feeling, it has an electrical current connected to it. That shoots out to the universe, which is an electromagnetic universe. So We're sending out an electrical current and that's looking at where to plug in to the universe and the universe is looking what matches it Mm -hmm. because the universe doesn't judge. God doesn't judge. We're here to learn free will. Mm -hmm. So nobody's going to give it to us. You know, nobody's going to do it for us. We're here to learn how to create through free will. So that means I'm gonna choose what thoughts I think. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna choose to feel better when I feel bad. I'm gonna choose to change my perspective of the world because if I see myself as an actress and I see a world where, yeah, but it's not possible for me to be an actress out there It's never going to happen.
0: Absolutely.
1: Right? So I have to see a world where it's possible for me to be everything I know I am. And I have to see everybody in the world looking at me going, wow, look at that actress. Mm -hmm. And then the magic can happen.
0: Right. Well, and, and I think, too, that is there there has to be a fear of that responsibility because if it doesn't work then i have nothing to look forward to or i'm a, there's another reason to feel like you're a failure there's there's got to be an element of not not i don't want to say not wanting to take responsibility but maybe just a fear of of actually having control and the ability to make our lives better
1: yeah it's your fear of power mm. you nailed it it's your fear of power oh my gosh what if i do See, a good example of this is uh, these were some of my teachings. They're the rich people. We're the good people. Mm -hmm. Right. You should never have more than you need. These were very basic religious beliefs that I was taught growing up.
0: Right.
1: So cut to 32. I star in E.T. Catapulted to freedom, making all this money. And I'm going, oh, I'm one of them now Mm. and God isn't going to like me and everybody's going to judge me from that childhood brain. And so I went like this. Right. Yeah.
0: That does make sense.
1: Until I realized I had to retrain my own brain.
0: Isn't it sad, though, that that living your dream and reaching those goals and, and doing what you want to do becomes almost a punishment for reaching it?
1: Well, it would have been if I had stayed a victim and stayed there. Exactly.
0: But I mean, I, I would imagine a lot of people probably do.
1: Well, that's why I wrote this book.
0: Well, so they should read it. <laughs> now, is Look, there is there an age uh, difference? So where where do the two books come in as far as what ages should read them?
1: Or should they read uh, both? Bappalapaloo is for like up to three years old, three mm-hmm. or four, mm-hmm. right? Born... Um, I think young adults can really get it. You know, preteens, maybe if they're very advanced, probably wow. not. Mm-hmm. Um you have to you have to live long enough to be able to look back on your life and go, wow, I did create that. Wow, I see the I see what belief mm-hmm. that came from. I I have a a great mother-daughter pair right now. And she she has kind of been taught uh, the power of thought Mm -hmm. from a very early age. And they are working together now to uncover what her mom and dad might have incorrectly taught her. So that she can reprogram it. I say to Gabrielle all the time, you know, go beyond everything I ever did. I will be overjoyed. If you surpass me. Oh, yeah. A lot of parents don't feel that way.
0: Well, they feel that they they have to keep some strength for themselves, right? Like they have to have one thing that they've always held on to that makes them a great person whatever that one thing is. And if their child usurps that, then what do they have? You know, that's, that's yeah. the mindset out there.
1: Well, I think with some people, yeah. not with all, oh, not no, with of course, all people, of course. Uh, but I, I just, I know that love is the most powerful force on earth. Mm-hmm. The most powerful force on earth. We think of it as a namby-pamby little fluffy kind of feeling, Mm -hmm. right? And we think something has to happen or someone has to happen for us to enter the state of love. Love, which is why the good book says, says, think only on these things. Mm -hmm. And that all, all things are important, but love Without love, nothing's important. I mean, Christ was really teaching brain science when he said, think only on these things. Science says, what you focus on, you create more of. They're saying exactly the same thing. Christ said, as you believe, it is delivered to you. Brain science says, your beliefs create your life, they've proven now that most of the diseases that we have for centuries thought were genetic are now epigenetic, Mm -hmm. which means they stem from our old stories and our old belief patterns that are negative that we keep our energy locked in.
0: Right. Yeah, that's very true, and in fact, very few things are actually hereditary. You know, when it comes to disease and things like that, it's it's amazing what we've what we've put into our brains and just accept it as fact. Yeah. You know, but we won't accept. When it runs
1: in the family. You know. Right.
0: When something changes or there's new information comes out, we resist it. But the things that we were told and we were just looking at blindly, going, "Oh, okay, I guess that's the way the world works," but now when we have new information introduced, we kind of reject it. On a certain level, and it's it's kind of strange. Uh, I hate that our time is running out because I could talk to you for hours. Oh. But, uh, but I want to ask you uh, from another angle, looking at all of this, it seems to me that part of what is going to make this successful for people is not just what we learn, but what we do with our time, like not paying attention to all the arguments and things that are going on in the world, not watching the Kardashians, not watching these things that don't have a value to build us up. I'm not saying that people can't be entertained, because certainly they should watch every movie you've ever done. But uh, we we really should filter the kind of things that we ingest.
1: I think you should do whatever makes you happy. And whatever holds you in the state of love. I did a speech an introduction a few weeks ago um, for the Hollywood Museum. Mm. And I said, you know, people who are are in the horror industry are really public servants. Mm. There's a, a lot of research that says watching a horror film uh strengthens your DNA, helps you deal with anxiety, um, dumps a lot of feel-good hormones into you, which affects your health. Mm-hmm. You can Google it. Just go uh, uh, good things that come from watching horror or something like that, whatever you put in the know. Google thing. Interesting. It's pretty amazing, which is why young kids, when they watch a Disney movie, they always want to see the scary part. Mm. And why every Disney, Disney movie has a scary part. Interesting. Because we can sit there in a safe place and feel powerful over our fear. Mm. So... Of course, I'm not talking about sick people who go, well, killing people makes me feel good. Sure. Uh, obviously, I'm not
0: talking. I about was hoping. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, but the happier. And the more in a state of love, especially for ourselves. Which, again, we're taught not to do. I get up every day and I say, I'm loving myself today and I'm sending a lot of love out into the world. And you know what? I'm calling all all kinds of love back to me. And Scott, I, I'm telling you, it's crazy. People just come forward and share love with me and take care of me and help me. And it's crazy to watch. hmm but then energy needs direction and I am giving energy the direction I want it to take on.
0: Mm, I like that. And, and the, the three uh, powerful words that you say at the end of every uh, show of Conscious Creation, I love me and you repeat it and it gets stronger every time. And every time I just feel chills because it's so powerful. It's not like you say it like, okay, here's my ending tag. It's it's really every bit of it is just felt with such strong energy. I love it.
1: I love me. I love me. And I love me even more. more because I know that's what it's all about. Exactly. And I'm telling everybody out there, Mm -hmm. the more you love yourself, the more love you have for everybody else in the world, the more money you have, the more you have to share with everybody else. The healthier you are, the more energy you have to give to everybody else. Put your own mask on first, guys, and then you can take care of everybody.
0: Well, it's like they tell you when you take a flight, make sure that your uh, mask is secured before you try and help someone else.
1: That's right.
0: Well, Dee, thank you so much for coming on the show. I wish you the greatest success with these two books. Everybody check out, I'm going to have the links in the show notes, check out Bapalapaloo and check out Born. Both books, they are going to be the greatest gifts that you can give people this holiday season or forever (laughs) until your next (laughs) one, I'm sure. Uh, Also, I've got the link to uh, Dee's TED Talk, which is fantastic. And and she's just a, a bundle of joy. I've got her website in there as well. Check out Conscious Creation every Sunday morning. And Dee, thank you so much. I I I love you so much, and I wish you the absolute best with oh, these.
1: I love you too, Scott.
0: Thank you. You bet. We'll talk soon, my friend. You bet. Bye bye. Talk about one of the brightest shining lights in our world today. I absolutely love Dee; she's amazing. Check her out on Sundays on Conscious Creation. There is a link to her website in the show notes with the schedule. Check out Bappalapalu and Born her new books releasing today. Check out E.T. You know what? Because every once in a while, we just need something to warm our hearts. Great movie, and uh, you know she's got that new movie. Every time a bell rings, coming out all kinds of stuff going on. Check out Dee's website. She's got everything there, but I've got the links to everything too uh, in the show notes. Thank you so much, Dee, for coming on the show. Thank you guys for listening. And remember, it takes so little to make a difference in somebody's life. Sometimes just a hug or a hello, or I was thinking about you is all it takes. Cheers.